But it is what is up. What is good, gamers? This is Shell of Sony One, aka Digadulamite. Purple bling bling, yo. The auditory canals are tuned into episode 198 of the Gaming Vessels podcast. I am not in the digital studio alone. Along with me, got my partners in crime first on deck. We got Dez, aka the Bay Area Terror, aka the High Res Hater, aka the Cat Daddy, aka that Gamer Step Daddy. What's going on, man? Hey, not much, everybody. Just happy to be back, as always, to talk to you all about this hobby that we love, gaming. So, thank you as always to everyone who joins us every week. Indeed, indeed. Of course, our show is a no-go without Trader Joe, a.k.a. Jabroni Chief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Otherwise known as the Food Max of Gaming, who can maximize your gaming dollar. What's going on, dude? Not much, man. Uh, just uh, enjoying this long weekend. God, I needed it. So. I think we all did. I think we all did. <laughs> no, I did. <laughs> Okay, so folks, without further delay, as usual, our first topic on the docket, as always, is going to be the playlist. So let's kick things off with Jabroni Chief. What you been playing, dude? Well, let's go ahead and we'll talk about, uh, because, you know, we all got the usuals to talk about, so... I'll talk about the unusuals, at least. I went over to my friend Nick's house and got a chance to peruse his arcade a bit more. Um, He added a new uh, machine to his uh, bank of machines. He has like about eight to nine machines. I I didn't give a head count of those, but I was over there for quite a bit of time yesterday. And so he added this thing called BitKit 2, which is basically an FPGA um recreation of some games um on there and so a lot of games from the early 80s and that kind of thing so and uh bitkit pretty much had all sorts of little like you know odds and ends as far as uh, you know games of that era on there and nick basically on this cabinet he's using an old jungle hunt cabinet if you ever played that game from uh, taito but it's that based on that cabinet that he put this bitkit 2 in on there so i had the chance to really just kind of dig in some you know gaming roots if need be and checked out actually some new stuff too on there as far as games i already previously played and guys you probably know games uh of the past uh dig dug played a little dig dug a couple rounds of dig dug on there uh played some galaxian you know and um had a chance to play also off that board some Burger Time. You know, Burger Time's always a good time on there. So, and then some games I've never played before that are on this board is for whatever reason. I uh, played a um, the arcade version of Lock and Chase, which is you know was ported over to the Intellivision at some point. You know, so I barely had any knowledge of this game. I don't think I ever played it in an arcade back in the early '80s on there but uh got a chance to play that it's more of a a pac-man clone it's one a number of games in that era were uh, basically pac-man clones mm-hmm. on there and uh i also played another pac-man clone which um 
it's kind of crazy. It's called Abscam, and basically it is based on the FBI's Abscam sting operation. So this thing actually came out, but basically the whole premise of the board is that you're like a, a um, member of the U.S. Congress, basically a congressman walking around and trying to avoid the FBI. The FBI are the ghosts <laughs> on there. <laughs> And you're collecting as as much money, uh, basically on the board as possible, which are basically bullets on here. So, so there's a couple Abe Lincoln heads on there. The the box in the middle says FBI headquarters on there, and there's like a graphical representation of the uh, U.S. Congress on the board too. And so, you know, obviously there's uh, all these dollar signs and then they have these like um, green dollar signs on here. When you get the green dollar signs, then basically the FBI turns into bags of money and then you'd be able to sit there and uh, uh, grab the <laughs> bags of money <laughs> on there. So a perfect yeah. example of our government at work today. <laughs> Even back then, I mean, 1982, this is uh, was yeah. developed by U.S. billiards of all companies yeah. out there. They so. they had their they had their pulse on government. They had you their pulse it. on government. Right there. So yeah. So I mean, pretty much. I thought it was weird because uh, that ab scam. Uh, it was kind of weird because you know the main maze wasn't actually totally defined so there's like some open areas you can actually move into so it's kind of weird given that fact and then of course you know instead of getting fruit in the middle where that popped up uh there's like briefcases with money in there so mm. <laughs> on there so i actually enjoyed playing it i think it you know even though it's a pac-man clone it was kind of you know still something of note but i played this other game it was kind of a kicks ripoff called disco number one <laughs> here hmm. so and uh basically be scary for disco number two yeah <laughs> you basically you play as a, i'm looking at the wiki right now you play i could have you know i was just like kind of figuring it out while i was playing but it kind of you know if you ever play kicks kicks has the uh, thing where you're sitting there drawing boxes on there trying to avoid, you know, the enemies or whatnot. But according to this premise, you play as a 90-pound weakling kid in the roller rink has to skate around the bad guys in order to win the love of cute girls on there. So <laughs> so basically, all you have to do is uh, you have to um, win their so love. you felt this game in your soul, huh, Joe? Oh, yeah, of mm. course. Uh, you know, uh, all I have to do is, like, get them in a box, and then you're able to win their love and draw, draw a box. But, you know, these bullies are roll, rolling around trying to beat up and rub the box away while you're sitting there doing it. So I just f I found it kind of is almost like if they combine Kicks and Pac-Man into one arcade game. And it was kind of esoteric at the beginning, but it was kind of something to where, oh, okay, I get this. I'm starting to get, get the loop a little bit on it. So, uh, But uh, that's all the BitKit games. I uh, basically played Galaxian, of course. Um, I played it like one round of Super Pac-Man. I realized that even though I love Super Pac-Man back in the day, the Super Pac-Man's not the business anymore, so... Mm. on there um also played quite a bit of his other machines uh played of course a couple rounds of joust joust is always a good standby on here he has a williams cabinet with like you know defender stargate um, bubbles you know robotron 20 uh 
84 in there. But yeah, out of all those games, I think Joust is probably the good timeless classic. And of course, I played uh, quite a bit of uh, Miss Pac-Man. He has a Miss Pac-Man arcade machine with uh, the fast mod on there, and actually his mod saves high scores. So I actually have the current high score in his arcade currently, which is right around 115,000 points on there. So. Uh, you know, if you go look at the high scoreboard, it's just like Joe, 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 Joe down the board. So, but uh, <laughs> uh, one of our other mutual friends, Dooley, um, is basically looking forward to coming into the arcade and beating my high score. He came and trumped my high score twice, but I have came back in and trumped him each time. So, mm. so we'll, we'll we'll see what with my high score chase with Dooley is gonna. Uh, uh, go with on there. We duly promised that you know maybe at one point we'll do it in person and we'll go back and forth. We'll see. We'll have some shit talking. Mm. Mm. See about that. And then of course, uh, you know, uh, you know, we had some other friends there. We had uh, one of our friends, Jim, brought a couple of young kids, and oh my god, it's just so fun to see them play all these games for the first time. So they're like sitting there playing pole position. Nick has a pole position machine, and one kid was like, you know using the steering wheel and the other kid was like using the um, accelerator because they couldn't reach both at the same time. So, Aww. and then they were playing all sorts of like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and uh, Ninja Baseball Batman, which you have, if you never heard of, that is a stone cold classic from Irem that, you know, no one, you know, I think if you're arcade fishing now though, you should be able to look that up and see it's a side scroller beat them up just all craziness like basically someone's gone into the hall of fame and stole all the famous like baseball memorabilia you have to go win it back basically so huh. on there but uh uh played my friend dom we played some of course um um neo geo turf masters of course you know some match play you know things got heated but you know i, I did soundly win the nine holes that we played out of the 18 that we were supposed to play but that's a lot of holes that's a lot of holes you keep pumping them quarters in quote-unquote credits you know neo geo don't mind it's a you know you guys go go in a stone cold duel but some of those courses later on get kind of just ridiculous so but enjoyed my time at nick's arcade i'll play some donkey kong too he's a big donkey kong aficionado so so I cannot get close to his high scores on there. So as soon as I got to the spring level, the spring level kind of kicked my ass. So uh, so Donkey Kong's all about repetition, unfortunately. So so no Billy Mitchell uh, recreations there? Nope. Even though for me and Dooley's uh, Miss Pac-Man score chase, uh, Nick did promise to put a referee's costume on. So, <laughs> so we'll, we'll see if that business goes down or not. Yeah. So. Start making some hot sauce. Yep. Mm. As far as the actual game games I've been playing, uh, I've been pretty much uh, just kind of hyper-focused on Monster Hunter Rise. On there, I didn't get to the um, Switch demos that we promised last episode and play, like, uh, Sea of the Stars on there. Um, looking forward to kind of digging into that. Uh, we'll talk about that next episode on there um i did get invited by an email of course to get into the hot super hot 
multiplayer shooter X Defiance. So we talked about this a little. We haven't talked about this on the show, but it's like okay, I have to see what the hell is. What is this X Defiant? This is Ubisoft. So and I went loaded the game into my PlayStation, checked it out. It was uh, the beta for testing. Um, the multi-console play, the share play, um, over numerous consoles on there. So, and if you've never heard of this game, this game is basically a free-to-play multiplayer shooter that is still in development. But it, it basically brings characters from Far Cry, from Ghost Recon, from Splinter Cell, and from Watch Dogs into the same game. So, you know, pick pick the faction that you know and love from all your favorite Ubisoft bangers on there. So, and uh, one round uh, that I played was like kind of set on the Division 2's, um, you know, President's uh, Air Force One, you know, decayed in front of the uh, White House. You know, speaking, we were talking about Abscam earlier. There you go. <laughs> Uh, but uh, kind of just got got a chance to play, you know, uh, that particular round. It's like you just playing a bunch of random Ubisoft characters versus a bunch of random other Ubisoft characters. And then I happened to also play um, another round just right before we recorded the show. And uh, it was escorting a uh, some sort of uh, mech, a healing mech across the board. It kind of gave me some... Overwatch tones on there, but uh, basically at the end I wasn't doing so hot, and I saw that someone was spouting off saying "f you," like you sh- you should delete this game. You don't deserve to play this. Blah blah blah. And I found out <laughs> I was like look, looking to see who was commenting, and it was actually one of my teammates. So. <laughs> Wow. And guess oh, what? That I, sounds I, like FPS is in 2023. You oh. know it. So guess, guess what? After that match was over, I obliged him. I deleted the game off the PlayStation. because In the, the <laughs> open beta pr- this weekend. So it's like, I'm not sure if I'm getting another invite. But, uh, but um, it's such a all, fun game, right? That's it. It, it, was, it played pretty fast. That loadout wasn't working for you? No, that loadout <laughs> wasn't working for me. <laughs> Ay, 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 ay. <laughs> don't, don't bring that Division 2 bullshit back into... Division 2, it was Destiny. Oh, Destiny. <laughs> oh, Destiny, okay. Oh, Division 2 is the old uh, Dark Zone business, so... Yes, I'll never forget that. <laughs> Much to Desmond's chagrin about the Dark Zone. With you, you should have been and... in a private party. You wouldn't have to, you didn't have to listen to the nonsense. Oh, it's just a random text message after I didn't. Oh, hear, hear oh, actually I, oh, they can text. Oh, okay. Yeah, they were able to text. Yeah, I wasn't listening to their actual mouthing off to me on the mic or anything like that. So darn. Yeah. So I think I had three kills and I died like twenty-three times. I was just kind of learning and getting the feel of the map and feel of the game. And does play pretty fast. It actually is pretty snappy. And the little kid was like, "You suck." You got it. Yeah. Who's to say he could have been like a uh, like a seventy year old man or something on his A oh, game shuck. over here? <laughs> oh, shuck. Why? Well, your old man impression sounds like some dude that has hemorrhoids or some shit. <laughs> what the hell? Shuck, old. You shuck, Joe. Oh. <laughs> 
it. Hand me my effort Why are you dent. playing this game? Been gay. How long? <laughs> All right. Enough, enough of uh, X defiant. I'm, I'm going to be defiant and not play it anymore and, <laughs> until it actually comes out. And I'll yeah. Maybe. Really? You're going to play it when it comes out too? Probably yeah. not. Probably never going to come out. But, uh, you know, we'll see. I got, well, I got other games that. I have paid for that I could play like Battlefield 2042 and some random Call of Duties in my backlog I could play. You enjoy get... that banger. Oh, you know it. Well, speaking of what I've been enjoying, I've still been playing Monster Hunter Rise, like I mentioned before. Uh, we're still progressing. I think we uh, on game night. John BT is carrying us to the next hunter rank level for the hub. Hunter hunter so hub. He's carrying us. We're doing pretty well. Yeah, we're doing okay. We're doing good. Yeah, he just helped us to get to the fifth star level. Yeah, and uh, we are progressing i've kind of going back and just kind of relishing the game i've been going to doing some village quests i did village quests last night in fact uh right now because we're already uh, through high rank at least a little bit on the hub the village quests are extremely easy and it's kind of relaxing in a way to kind of push through those on there so i got like a rampage to go through that's why i'm kind of slow rolling to go to the next level on the village because you know rampage is just kind of Eh. Eh. Rampages are fun though. I mean, well, it depends. Some of them are just really kind of like, ugh, why are we doing this? But yeah. other ones are kind of like, okay. I don't know. It just depends yeah. on how, the mood that I'm in. Got it. And just since I'm talking about Monster Hunter Rise, let's go go and go roundtable. How's Monster Hunter Rise going for you this past week, Des? <clears throat> going well. I mean, I'm taking care of business. Um, didn't play it as much as um, I normally do. But it's still still going good. I started playing the Great Sword again, and and have been loving it. I I was it was one of my first ones that I that I played before, and so playing it again really kind of you know made me feel good, and you know made made me see that I still got it. So so that was fun. I thought you were going back to the hunting horn. Are you going to go move back and forth? Yeah, depending? yeah, hunting horn and uh, has been good to me as well. So. Yeah, I've been uh, enjoying Great Sword as well. I'm basically half and half. I roll lance half the time. I roll Great Sword, and I, actually, after picking up some new lances uh, from our recent fights, uh, I, I kind of am getting a little bit more of the inertia of the lance and be able to use utilize to jump back and and uh, jump back and forth and get in, in position. I actually yeah. think the lance is getting your hope of your 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 hops. Yeah, my poking poking. Because those pokes can be pretty damn lethal, and to find out that the lance can actually cut tails if need be, you know, I almost feel like it's more effective because I could just sit there, block, um, angle towards the tail, and just continue to do damage on certain weak points if need be. So, so how about Kev? How's uh, Monster Hunter Rise this past week been for you? Uh, it's been it's been fine. Um... Yeah, it's it's been fine. Uh, I've been uh, I did open up the um, what do they call it the axe the axe flyer uh, skill set skill for the charge blade. So I'm starting to use my charge blade more. I just wanted to get to a point where I could earn that uh, switch skill and utilize that. And I got the rage slash for the great sword, which uh, is my favorite 
switch skill for the great sword. So, mm. um, I haven't gotten that one yet. Have you yeah, gotten that one I. yet? No. We need to work on that ASAP. You just bear, yeah. I think that's on the fifth fifth star tier in the hub. Yeah. So. Um, no, you you yeah you and you do the the special missions that are associated with that weapon. Uh-huh. And you don't have to use that weapon to get it. You can use whatever. Because I used yeah. the great sword to get the one for the charge blade. It just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You just need to complete the complete the quest, and yeah. you'll be and they'll get it. Yeah, uh, and pretty much Monster Hunter Rise is still uh, it's well worth the forty dollars I bought the game for. And even though it's you know just going back to old plain Jane Rise, you know I can't wait for Sunbreak to finally. Uh, get released and uh, the kind of dig into that. I know I've, uh, from watching some footage of Sunbreak and uh, reading some stuff that I know that Vanilla Rise is kind of going to go the way of the dodo once Sunbreak comes out because a lot of the stuff that they introduced in Sunbreak is going to definitely change the game. And we don't have to wait like that much longer uh, for Sunbreak to drop too. So, so. Uh, but the other game I've been playing this week, I played a little bit. Probably you guys probably have played both played more than I have. Is going to be uh, Wild Heart. So uh, Wild Heart is uh, Tecmo Koei. Omega Force basically is the developer. EA is the publisher. This is a, a game in the Monster Hunter type genre, hunting genre. Um, we talked about this, of course, on the show. Uh, from the same, you know, development team that did Totokin, Totokin 2 on here. And uh, I installed the game. I got the game uh, Friday night. I had to go and, you know, obviously make 10 million runs and go to 10 million places before <laughs> coming home to install mm. it. So by the time I uh, got home and installed it and was talking to Dez and Christian, another friend of ours, listener, uh, hopefully, <laughs> of the show on there, um, you know, I got through the beginning tutorial up to the point uh, to where I was able to conjure my, uh, what are the boxes called? I forget. The thread. The Kirikiri or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, the Kirikiri. Interesting name. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Kirikiri, yeah. So I was finding the the rabbit, which I forgot the name of off the top of my head. I don't know the names yet. I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about it. Yeah, at the beginning tutorial, basically, you're in there, and then you um, find that you're able to, you know, use your Kirikuri on there in this beginning creature. You have to create a camp. I created a camp, and then I went ahead, and I saw that there was uh, someone passed out, someone that got attacked. With She winds up being a blacksmith that you're rescuing on there out in the wilderness. But uh, I did the fight uh, with the giant rabbit. The giant rabbit was kind of, you know, just trying to understand the gameplay and understanding the Kirikiri and bringing up the boxes I felt was kind of awkward. And I still need to kind of play the game a little bit more to get an idea of it. The katana that they start you off with seems like it's pretty good, you know, pretty cool. And, you know, I, I seem like, you know, I'm not trying to compare it straight to monster hunter i know that there's plenty of other games in the genre that can kind of occupy its own space on there but i still want to kind of see how the um, summoning the um, boxes is going to really lead to the gameplay 
on here because based on the tutorial they were trying to have me use the boxes to defend myself and that's like I don't have enough uh, agility to be able to summon these boxes. It's just the whole technique right now is kind of awkward to me. No, it's not the. It's not you need to get have the string to do it. Yeah, you know, and you don't use them to defend yourself. You use them in order to, to be more um, agile. Yeah, to be able to yeah. do, get the jumps off or whatnot. They, yeah. There's there was something across the screen that says you know bring up the kirikiri and uh, use Jump them to. Off it. Yeah, to defend yourself that you can. Yeah, it's a lot a more. Well, it's a lot more. Um, uh, there's a lot more verticality. Yeah. And how they expect you to jump off of the stuff and fly through the air and kill people. So. Yeah. And what I was trying to th understand is if I could get some like leverage, not necessarily with the Kirikiri, like drawing the boxes, but just in the actual level itself to get the verticality. It seems like I do have to jump off the boxes to be able to get the uh, downward attacks uh, that uh, they're trying to teach me on there. So, uh, and I, I did uh, my third try beat the uh, giant rabbit and kind of. Did you beat it? Things. Yeah, I did beat it. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, it so, took me two. So I was like, okay, yeah. Kind of took me a bit just to kind of understand, uh, but you know, I like the fact that there's a lot of stuff in the in the wild out there to gather and that kind of thing. So, yeah. And. Uh, uh, the menus seem like they're sort of intuitive. You know, I'm I'm so used to you know, dealing with Monster Hunter and trying to use things on the fly, but uh, seems like it's okay for what it's worth on there. So, so I'm kind of looking forward to digging into this a little bit more, playing it multiplayer if need be. Um, haven't had a chance to do that yet, but uh, I'll kick it over to you, Des, to get your impressions of what you played of Wild Heart so far. Yeah, I mean, uh, I definitely. Uh mirror your sentiments around um i want to play it like monster hunter but it is a completely separate game so uh just in the same genre so once i kind of have to get used to where the buttons are and and how to do my attacks uh, i know it's going to get a lot easier um because it took me a minute to kind of learn what i was doing because i was like i don't know if this is right <laughs> and i kept um moving the wrong way uh when when doing uh the moves um and it, it's also about the targeting too you know getting used to the targeting uh because you the targeting is is different you can actually target the the boss or or the um yeah the the, the boss monster you can target them which is really kind of cool because it really helps uh to land your attacks and then and then moving around to recenter uh yourself but other than that i think it's <clears throat> i think it's a pretty good game i've only fought the first two monsters uh the uh the rabbit the rat looking thing and the uh boar and uh christian you know who's been playing a little bit longer he helped me with the boar and um uh, we almost got, we almost beat it. We almost beat it, and um, but I died too many times, so uh, he couldn't, he couldn't uh, res me anymore. So, but other than that, uh, you were gonna say something? Yeah, uh, one thing I forgot is I kind of like the combo strings. Once you, I'm, I'm not sure when it's enabled, but um, there's a when you hit your R two, 
you're able to combo that with like a circle or a triangle to do some more punishing attacks yeah on there, so it also depends on the weapon that you're using you know i i started using um i've tried uh most of the free ones out not the free ones but the most of the because there's eight total weapons and you get the first five for free not for free but you you know you you get the ability to to uh build them because you start off with the um uh you start off with the uh with the the the, the um, katana and then you're able to make the bladed wasashi which is the the umbrella uh the great sword and the um bow and so i've tried them all and they're all pretty different and you you get to add more abilities um when you are using um when you're using uh the kirikiri or the boxes so so i don't know i at the beginning i'm like okay i'm still trying to understand what's going on um so I'm going to stick with it. I think it's fun so far and there's nothing, you know, uh, there's no, there's nothing um, like egregious right now for it. So I'm going to stick with it and see how it goes. So, yeah, but I've been I'm enjoying gonna, it so far. You know? I'm going to see if I could try to learn the game a little bit more. It's just kind of odd that we're playing a couple games right in the same wheelhouse, but at the same time, they're not in the same wheelhouse at the same time. So yeah. I just don't want to be able to, okay, if I start playing both of these games concurrently, that I'm like uh, trying to do Wild Heart um, controller movements in Monster Hunter and back and forth. I don't think that's uh, going to be an issue because Monster so. Hunter is so ingrained. <laughs> so. I don't think so. I think, once you, I think once you get used to what you're supposed to be doing, it'll be okay. Yeah. You know? You just gotta remember what you're doing, you know, and it just—I kind of put my butt, my hands in a certain area in a certain way, and then it's, it just—it just makes it easier. Yeah. And uh, no, Kev, you've been playing Wild Hearts too. What's your overall impressions of the game so far? Um, not as good as you guys. <laughs> um, yeah. it's uh, I'm—I've opened up the main hub. Uh, I've got to the, I guess, the main part of the main part of the game and it's it's a mad plus for me right now mad plus okay mad plus it's the bow is trash their version of great sword is trash um and i say that because none of the the weapons and i didn't i didn't i didn't want to fly around like mary poppins so i didn't use that umbrella thing um i the none of the web none of the weapons feel like they have impact to me with the exception of the katana the katana seems to sort of feel impactful but none of the weapons feel purposeful in their moves and i'm going to compare this to monster hunter because that's that's what they're trying to be and in my opinion, they are falling kind of short, at least at where I am in the game. Uh, Katana is feels very button mashy. I as man, if it like particularly when you un get that uh, build up your meter to unbound it, and you activate that, then you're just you know slashing everywhere and the only thing that can really knock you out of it is uh you know um, the monster's attack 
I would like that, but whereas in Monster Hunter, your your attacks are so focused, meaning that you can you can do an attack and then you can delay it, reposition, and prepare to counterattack with with the with the the long sword there. In this one, I had trouble, and I'm sure there are points where you can uh, an, uh, what they call that uh, frame cancel out of certain moves, but the the action just feels so button mashy. I haven't been able to uh, to ascertain exactly how how that how that works. The great sword. I had to look up videos how to use the great sword because that's what I'm going to call it. I know they call it something different. I just can't remember what they call it. They want you to use these um, the the Fortnite boxes and a particular a particular type to bounce around the field, and that just did not feel intuitive. I mean, you can't. I mean, like with Great Sword and Monster Hunter, I mean, you can shoulder check a monster, and depending on your skills, you might even stun it or knock it down. With this one, they want you to fly around the battlefield using these springboards and p- position yourself using them. And I mean, yeah, you you charge it, and you you when you hit a big hit it sends these spikes of earth up and oh yeah it looks flashy but i don't it 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 just didn't for one thing it didn't feel intuitive moot having to use these springboards to spring across the over the monster to the left to the right is like i i'm 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 not gonna i'm not gonna do this there's this i i don't have the the um patience to strategically set these uh these springboards in an ever-changing battlefield with these with these giant monsters that can that aren't going to just be standing in one position you know um so the great sword i didn't like the bow was the bow might as well be a machine gun uh i it just didn't feel didn't feel like a bow it felt like i was playing a third person shooter when i used it because it puts you in this uh, whereas like in monster hunter you're still at a at a third person viewpoint and you're maneuvering and you're 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 doing your side steps and repositioning and you have a short range scatter shots and longer range bows and, and this one everything is long range except for the 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 volley shot or whatever they call it and you might as well just give him a given a given him an m16 because like there's you can do shoot these rapid volleys and then you switch to a different arrow type that detonate the 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 tracer like even call them tracer rounds for crying out loud and you can detonate the tracer rounds and make cause all this great explosions it's like it 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 just felt really button mashy and 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 not really not really focused and uh, i don't know and and the 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 fortnite aspect of it 
I'm not in love with it. I, I'm not in love with that at all. Um, I was playing about uh, just before the uh, the show we recorded the show, and I unlocked this new Fortnite ability, and I'm supposed to. I'm fighting this. This it's the first mission for this the the the, the island that opens up after you get to your hub. And I have to fight this giant flying squirrel, and he's hopping onto this ledge, and the thing is telling me, okay, now build this, build the, the, the it, it's like the, it's the hammer uh, box that it, it has that mallet at the end of it that's yeah. supposed to knock the thing unconscious. Well, every time I do it, when it tells me to do it, I'm either too close to where, the, to the monster or I'm not close enough. So the, the 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 and I'm I have to do it facing because of the the way the battlefield in this section is laid out. I have to do it in such a way where the depth of field is not that great because I'm staring at it straight on. So it's like okay, he's jumped on this little perch. So let me run up and set up the mallet. And I set up the mallet and. It jumps off, does an attack, knocks me halfway across the battlefield, and my my Fortnite boxes are basically just gets get knocked over. The only one that I kind of liked so far is the uh, the barricade one, where it's like six of the the regular little boxes that you could put together. Yeah. It stops charging and stuff. Yeah, it stops the charge. That one is that one is fun and fairly easy to deploy. But like, and, and another thing that when they want you to do the the jump attacks, that would be fine if your character wasn't so floaty in his jumping. Like I I don't know if it, I've tried tapping the jump button, I've tried holding the jump button, and I either can't land on top of it. Or I, when I'm hitting, trying to grab onto the box to climb up and then do the leap, it's just very, it's very hit and miss. It's very hit and miss. Um, I don't like the idea of having to figure out where to put my camps because you don't have like camps that are preset on a map. You create your own map, and if you the tutorial is not a hundred percent clear in how that works, so if you don't set up a camp and the only camp that you have is the one that you start out from, and you're going gallivanting all across the all across creation and you fight one of these monsters and get KO'd, you wake up back at your starting map at your starting camp and you got to go all the way around you know under the under the under the 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 through the through the woods over to the grandmother's house trying to get mm-hmm. back to where you were fighting that thing before and you can only set up you can only set up a camp at what they call these dragon pits and you need to have certain uh materials for the to activate the dragon i thought you can just activate them just when you find them and then as you want to expand their abilities you know you'd have to of course gather more materials well where i'm at now on the island 
yeah, I can activate some of them, but most of them I can't even activate because, well, you don't have the required material. Well, the materials are locked to your to the land and I'm picking up all these mining materials. I'm killing the, the little the little monsters, the little version of the, the big monsters that you fight along the way. And it's it's like, OK, so I'm one unit short of this and I can't set up a tent because everything you put on draws resources from the dragon pit. So you've got to make sure that whatever it is you do at your at your camp, you have to manage your resources such that you're not drawing too much energy out of the dragon pit. Otherwise, you won't be able to set up. And for whatever reason, setting up a basic tent takes up this massive amount of earth energy because there's different energy types. There's like water energy wind energy earth energy and like one or two others and like a simple tent takes up this massive amount of earth energy and you have to have all the a certain number of crystals before you can open up that ability just to set up a freaking tent and it's like i i, I went on youtube because i was like this shit ain't making sense um so i i went to youtube and I, I looked up uh, one of Rurikon's videos and uh, somebody else's, and it's like, okay, I get it, but I don't, I don't want to do, I don't want to do inventory management just to set up a save point or or a respawn point, and that's kind of sort of what they want you to do. So, um. I I did I did go in and look at some more check out a few more videos I I'd say what which ones I was looking at if I could remember but they have one weapon that looks like it could be fun that's the uh, they have like a a bow staff that's one oh. part bow staff another part great sword and so maybe that one looks like it could be kind of interesting so I'll 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 play it enough to open up you know, at least at least that weapon. And if, if I don't like that weapon and, you know, I don't know. It, I I wanted to like this game more than I do. I mean, there are some fun, some things that are kind of fun about it. Um, I don't like the Fortnite stuff with the exception of maybe one thing that you can set up. But that one thing is not effective against all monsters um it, it's just too it, it like i said it just doesn't where monster every action you take in world and i'll i'll even say i'll even say in rise i mean i like i like the 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 um what do you call them them insects that give you them special abilities in rise the what do you call them the something bugs the the, the wire bugs. The wire. I like the wire bugs better than this Fortnite crap that they're they got you doing in in Wild Hearts. And if you've listened to this show long enough, you know I ain't wild about the about the wire bugs that very much. But I like the wire bugs better than than this. It, it's it's just too. 
like I said, well, like my, everything you do, every action you take in Monster Hunter has a purpose behind it. You're either you're either repositioning to to uh, go in for an attack, or you're doing something to either counter a monster's uh, 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 aggressive move towards you, or you're res- in some way you're responding to. There's a move that allows you to respond to everything that's going on in the battlefield with every weapon that you have. And I just don't get that with Wild Hearts. And I know the other two different games, but Wild Hearts is trying really hard to be Monster Hunter, and it's just not—it's just not making the cut. Um, so I—I—I okay. I, I don't know. I don't know how long I'll mess with it. I'll mess with it long enough to open that—that bow—that—that that bow staff, great sword combo thing. And see how that see if I find that very fun. I'm trying to learn the Fortnite crap, and it, it's with varying results on the battlefield. Um, so you think, I don't you know. think it might help by just learning the basic game itself and kind of ignoring the Kurakami kind of stuff, or is it a point? You can't the, do that. They want you to use it. They yeah. they want you to use the Fortnite crap. It, it's like it you can't i mean yeah i guess you can play the game like straight up monster hunter but there's going to be like like for example like when i fought the um where i fought the, the 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 giant hog there's a section where i fought it where you're there's like a giant tree in the center and you're surrounded. It's like like this old like uh, Eto area royal yeah. palace courtyard. Yeah, I remember. So yeah, you could just fight it using the using the katana, and, and if your dodges are on point and your sheaths are on point, then yeah, I guess you could you could just fight him without using those boxes. But he has an area attack that can reach around that tree. So even if you're trying to hide behind that giant tree, if if you're not particularly placed, you're still going to get hit. And his charge, he curves around the tree. So it, it it's it's not that it's yeah, I guess it, like I said, if you're on point with your slide dodge, maybe you could just fight him without the 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 Fortnite stuff. But some of those battlefield uh, locations, they want you to, they almost force you to use those Kurakuri, you know, the way that they that they want you to use them. And to me, it's like, well, why, why, why play a game where I'm not, where I can't effectively use all the tools that are given me? That then is, is like, well, why am I playing this game then? And and I I do want to like it. It's not that I, I don't want to like it. It, it. I do. But it's, it's trying mechanics. so hard to be Monster Hunter while at the same time using these mechanics that, in my opinion, really just don't fit this type of game. And they're just like, we're going to make you use this this stuff because it's new and, you know, this is our spin on the hunting game. I really wish this was Totoken 3. Mm. I do. 
I, I wish this was Tordekin 3. If this was Tordekin 3 without, maybe even with some of the Fortnite stuff, but I mean, if you had your spirits and, you, you know, you just had more options, like maybe you could do the Fortnite stuff if that was your path, or maybe you could do the spirit stuff, and that could be like a whole different play style, you know, and you had options, or you could mix and match the two or go straight you know, Fortnite building or 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 uh, you're you're using your spirit familiars and or a mix of the two and just be able to to fight using the tools that they give you. But Wild Hearts isn't like that. They want you to use those boxes. You know, I mean, you have to use them just to get around the map uh, in an effective way. You got to set up these. Uh, they're basically uh, zip lines, and you have to set up a zip line somewhere, and if you have to shoot the, the arrow into a cliff face to where you want to go, and you just zip across to, the, to, to where it is. And yeah, it's cool, but, you know, you got to, you, since a zip line can only go, you can't go in an incline in a zip line, you got to get to high ground and figure out okay i'm on the i'm a little bit higher than where i want to go to and you know it's like i don't know it's just i i wish i i, I wish this was you know uh trying to be like kilo over here three. Trying to wish, yeah wish. <laughs> yeah it's it's i don't know okay i mean well you give us your honest opinion that that's always that's all we ask for you know, so I'm glad that you're still going to continue to try to play it. You know, I think I think, you know, hopefully, you know, there might be something there that you find that that sparks your interest. But if not, I told I, I totally understand. You know. Mm. So, you know. It, comparing it to Monster Hunter, in my mind, I can't do anything but compare it to it because that's what it's trying to be um so but anyway hopefully uh for for those uh who who like monster hunter and think that this is that this might be you know something new to add to to that game type you know you know try it out you know don't don't let don't let my poo-pooing it uh deter you from trying it out uh, it's a pretty game, um, but it know. is a pretty game, though. You are right; it is a pretty game. Yeah, I'll be kind of curious to see, like you know, because I know our friend Damon is playing the game and he bought it, and he he's usually he doesn't play a lot of Monster Hunter. I know he bought Rise, he said. So I'm mm-hmm. kind of curious to see um, what he feels about it too, you know. And then there's others in our community that might be playing it. I know. Uh, I know John BT was kind of reliant or seeing how you liked it, Kev, so I'll have to see if he bounces off. But I know he has a loaded plate right now, too. So, mm-hmm. But what else have you been playing in this past week, Kev? Uh, so I played some more Need for Speed um, and still having fun with that and uh, unlocked uh, – what did I unlock? I unlocked something. I, I think I, I – I, I'm at the second to the last, or I'm at the last unlock for my garage upgrades. I've been trying, and uh, 
I'm at a part now where like just about every time I exit a race, it's like a max like a max heat cop escape. So <laughs> I'm I'm dealing with these Ford F one fifty Raptors trying to run me off the road, crashing into my car. I'm dealing with helicopters. I'm dealing with uh, uh, Corvette pursuit vehicles, and I'm dealing with uh, undercover Camaros that drop uh, tail uh, uh, tire spikes in front of you. So it's uh, it's a struggle. It's a struggle even after even if I place well in a race. It's like okay, now I got to get away from these these fools and. Uh, it, it's it's fun it's challenging it's really challenging but it, it's it's a lot of fun still uh so i'm digging that um ran ran some dead space last night and uh oh my gosh i had to do a sec all i'm going to say about this section that i had to do is called i'll call it reclaiming the captain uh yeah that that section is was a bear i mean it it you have to you have to just go 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 ham on everything that's thrown because they throw a lot of enemies at you and i you your your aim has to be on point you don't have a lot of room to miss too many shots <laughs> it's wow. like it was like, man, I mean, I got past it, but it took me like four or five tries to to do that part. And it's I remember it from my first playthrough of the original game, but now it's even more gross. And <laughs> Better turn on that filter, buddy. Oh, man, it is. It is. Oh, but but it is so fun. It is so fun. But yeah, that that cap, captain's that's captain's area. Yeah, you, you really got to go ham and just and just like kill kill like everything. As I, I I thought I could. Well, maybe if I could just run past everything and get to the elevator. No, 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 no. no. You got to kill everything <laughs> before you can get into the elevator. <laughs> So I was, I ran into the elevator because it was open and I'm like, okay, you know, go, go up. Yep, now nope, that control panel was red. It said, I ain't working. And so, but before I could run out and I had three of them, uh, necromorphs literally running into the elevator with me. So that didn't end well, but, uh, but yeah, it's yeah. Dead space is just dead space is just fantastic, but that's really all I've been playing. Oh, I've been playing this week, so. Oh. So, How are you, Des? Des, what you been up to, man? Oh, uh, not that much, really. Just staying, just playing what you guys were playing. Um, uh, you know, Wild Hearts, uh, Monster Hunter Rise. The only other two games that I've been playing on my spare time, I've been playing uh, Undermine. It's still a fun little, still a fun little um, time waster. You know, you go get in as far as you can, and you upgrade your stuff, and then you keep going. It's 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 fun, and and I enjoy it. I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to to play it. You know, when when I when I have some like free time, or or when I got to you know, do something quickly or something. And then Hogwarts Legacy Steve's is still is still getting better and better. Like every time I do something or I go into uh, a new mission, it's just like there's there's more stuff to do and more. Um, just like magic to learn and and i think the progression of the game 
as you play it is is really good um and how you get spells and and stuff i haven't got to the point where i can be a dark wizard or you know and start using you know the dark arts you know so you can actually decide if you want to use dark arts or use good arts you know so i'm i'm wondering and i'm sure there's like multiple or like at least two different endings if you decide to do uh, a dark arts playthrough be like Voldemort or or be like you know Harry depending but I'm a good person so I'm probably gonna stick to, to trying to be like Harry so but yeah I'm still enjoying it uh, and I I most likely will be beating it and I think what's what's really interesting is I was reading um, and watching some uh, mostly watching uh, other youtubers and i guess there's not going to be any dlc for a while for hogwarts legacy it's like like they're like they're not doing it and i'm like that's really cool by that i mean like you know extra like missions and stuff like that so i'm like wow this, they're just gonna have this they're just gonna really release a game and not have any other ancillary stuff. i mean they do have it like you can download you know something to get like extra skins and stuff um if you want but there's no actual like meaty content drops coming or, or at least not for the foreseeable future and i'm thinking that's really cool so um so you're getting like a full game you know with a with the beginning and middle and an end and i'm really excited for that but uh other than that that's really all i've been playing um so yeah um it's been it's 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 been a good week in games cool cool so with that said, we're going to move on to our next topic on the docket, that being the Vessel Line. All right, Diz, you got the mic, bro. All righty. So for this week's Vessel Line, uh, we have a couple of questions uh, from our from our listeners. I think this is really cool. Uh, so from Will D., um, he says, uh, which console war was the most interesting? Any in, any investment? Personally, the Sega Genesis and Nintendo SNES war was the most interesting. Friends arguing back and forth, magazines were king, and the bloody internet did not exist in public domain. I have to agree with you. I think um, I think that was really, I think that was a really good one because um, you you complained to each other. You know, and you coveted what your friends had, even though you might have had something different. Like I had a Sega Genesis, you know, and so my friends were like, oh, that's so cool. That's cool. And then my friend got a uh, a Super NES and I was like, oh, damn, like I want to play that. And so so you, you always covet, especially when you're a kid, you always covet what you can't have or what you don't have. So I thought that was really kind of fun. And 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 going to their houses and then and then playing their games um which was really kind of fun although it wasn't as much fun as borrowing games from other people and the weird thing about it was because i had a sega genesis not a lot of my friends had um segas like they didn't have a sega genesis they all had nintendos so it was very hard for me to borrow games from other people because i only had my sega genesis and so i always felt you know kind of like damn like why can't i borrow the games blah, blah, blah. but then my friends don't laugh at that that was true i felt i was all ostracized for being cooler than everybody else you know so so then you know i would um so then i would you know try to swap out my system for my friends and be like hey you want to borrow my system and i'll borrow yours it's a whole bunch of different games 
And so sometimes they'd be like, all right, cool. And so I get to play a Nintendo, you know, a Super NES for a while, and then I give it back and stuff. So, so it was like that, that game swapping and sharing type of stuff. But but I for that, I really did. I really did enjoy that. So um, I, I did enjoy that console war. So, uh, Joe, what were your, you know, as a veteran of the of the console wars, <laughs> uh, what was your favorite war? I don't know if I had a favorite war, really, because the fact that um, when I was a kid, it wasn't, you know, Genesis versus SNES. It was Atari 2600 versus Intellivision versus ColecoVision. And Man, basically, that was, like, I, that was like rocks versus sticks huh, back in the day. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to be ageist. That's all right. You went there, you son of a <laughs> <laughs> Right. Back then, I mean, like I, I've talked about on the show, it's like when I coveted something or I wanted to, like, none of the other kids that I went to school with, you know, I don't, they didn't have as much games as I did. And at the same time, it's like I was always wanting the next thing. So it's like, you know, when I was done with the 2600, uh, we packed, boxed it up, returned it, and got a ColecoVision, and then mm. I got the 2600 module. It was Savage. still able to use my games and play ColecoVision at the same time. So, Savage. And then when I was, like, lusting over a 5200, it's like, okay, well, the ColecoVision went back, and, no, oh, I have a 5200 now. So it's like... <laughs> mm. So it was kind of interesting during the SNES and Sega Master System. I know no one paid attention to Sega Master System, but um, nope. I have a friend in my high school... Um, basically, I had a Sega Master System, and I was basically just like, at his house, like, oh, let me play. Like, he was playing like um, Transbot, and um, you know, I think uh, My Ninja, and um, like some of those games. And so, I was really interested in the Master System, much so much that I wound up um, had my dad return the NES and get a Master System. So I was just rocking the Master System for a little bit, and. and by the time it was like when I was like in uh, my not my senior year, but my um, what's what's the th- guy? I can't even think right now. So junior, junior year, junior year, oh, junior, junior year in high, school, in high school. Yeah, that uh, I just realized, damn, I missed the NES. So I wound up I just I was working at the time, got enough money, bought an NES and had a Sega Master System still. So. Because the thing about the Sega Master System, once I've got that system, it's like my mom kind of gleaned on it because she was playing Monopoly on there and also Mahjong game. And so it's like, you know, it, it was used by the entire household, you know. So He was like, Mom, it's my turn to play the game. Yeah, my mom was cool. My mom played games. You know, my parents both played games. So. That's what I mean. You're like, Mom, it's my turn. Yeah, so I, I pick- Dr. Mario, then you can have it. Yeah, there you go. I remember that was your mom's game. She liked that. Oh, yeah. My parents, both my parents, they had an NES, um, and uh, basically they had their own separate NES for the living room, and they played a ton of Tengen Tetris. They didn't play um, Nintendo-branded Tetris. They they played Nintendo-branded Tetris, and they went piff-piff at the Nintendo-branded Tetris. They liked the Tengen Tetris on there, so... and. Uh, you know, once once my parents found the lane to go into, they stayed in that lane. So my parents both played a lot of Tetris. They played a ton of Dr. Mario. My mom played plenty of NES Monopoly. And we even go over there and play like Vegas games, that kind of thing. But uh, 
you know, I didn't really feel the war that much. You know, I think, you know, when Will was mentioning the Genesis versus SNES, I could definitely at that point in time knew that I had preferences, but I had no skins in the game because I owned everything by then. I was like, I was already working at my current employer at the time. I was like 19 and I bought a Jenny and a Turbo 16 right at launch and I bought an SNES right at launch too. I had enough free cash to kind of go at it, so... So good for you. Yep. I didn't have nothing. <laughs> I'd have nothing. You know, but you know, I had preferences um after that, but nothing to where I was like, you know, you know, I th- I think any hate I had for another platform, I mean, I still owned it even though I like kinda hated on it like the N sixty four, you know, kind of thing. So well, what about you, Kev? So my favorite was the was the Intellivision versus the twenty six hundred because I was in elementary school and I had a classmate who was also into games, who was also buying gaming magazines, and he was all in on the Atari and I was all in on the Intellivision. Ooh. And we would have like arguments and debates at recess over which console was better. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And it was like, it, I mean, it was just, we would go, I mean, kids would like stand around and just listen to us debate. It, it was, it was actually a playground activity <laughs> when, we, when we would do it because we would, we would each have uh, whatever copy of electronic gaming monthly that we felt represented our side the best and we'd be flipping through the mag yeah but right here in this article it says this about this game no well atari has only i mean we would go we would go back and forth but it's like on a weekend where we didn't have uh, uh chores or anything to do we'd be like okay i want to he's like okay i want to go play star strike uh, at your house, I was like, yeah, yeah, I, I want to go play, you know, whatever game that he had on the, you know, Worm War One, <laughs> whatever, because he got games. Uh, I only got games more or less for Christmas and my birthday, but he got games throughout the year. So, like, whenever a game would come out, it, it, like he had like, uh, who was it, uh, Atlantis. He had Demon Attack. He was like he was he, he was the one that that introduced me to the Magic games actually, and uh, I, I fell in love with with uh, that publisher, and and hoping that hoping that they would eventually come to Intellivision. They eventually did. Uh, so he come over and he'd be playing Dracula and uh playing my version of atlantis and i i didn't the only thing i the only uh i also had his other one called ice trek uh from atlantis that he really liked too uh but he had demon attack so at the end of the day it was like every weekend whenever it was my the weekend for me to go over this I was like the first thing we played was I, i'd want to play is demon attack because that was that was a jam back in the day so uh, so yeah, that that would probably be my favorite, my favorite console war because I was an I was an active participant, <laughs> an active participant in it during that's the best playground. Cool, so it was all fun. That's cool. Um, okay, so um, 
So uh, the next question comes from Will D again, and he says, final boss fights. Do you like it when the final boss fight is relatively easy compared to earlier boss fights? And in turn, is more cinematic? Or do you prefer a very, very hard final boss fights? Two varies, by the way. Uh, you know, the kind that makes you pull your hair out. Uh, for me, Will, it's all about uh, cinematic. And and I want one that, that is, while challenging, um, is not so challenging that you pull your hair out. Because I ain't got that much hair anymore. So um, I got to keep a little I have. Um, so for me... I gotta have something that's 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 tough but fair. That's why I really never really got into uh, the 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 souls like type games. Like I don't I don't need to have that you know aggravation. I go to work for that. You know, <laughs> I have the rest of the world for that. So so for me it, that that's how I am. And I know people will argue that it's more gratifying. You know, when you're able to really put in those hours and get the combo and get, get everything that that I. And I'm not saying that that's 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 bad or that's good. But for me, if I play a game to the end, I should have the ability and I should have the abilities to to come out triumphant without like like trying too hard I, i'm not a try hard when it comes to these games definitely definitely not um so kev how about you because i know you like a good challenge so so how, how is it for you i i mean it depends like when, yeah. I, when i was playing final fantasy 7 remake the boss leading up to sephiroth was way harder than sephiroth actually was it, it that boss was 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 a struggle because I didn't have certain materia that made that end scenario kind of a cakewalk. Mm-hmm. Um, I needed multiple copies of the uh, the counter materia, and I only had one. <laughs> and I, by the time I realized I only had one, I I had gone too far, and I could I couldn't go back to to the uh, uh materia researcher and, and buy additional ones so that was a struggle and so when i got to sephiroth it was i mean sephiroth was challenging but it was nowhere near as as challenging as fighting i can't can't even remember the name of it it was more like a an, an entity this all-encompassing it's almost like a void that you had to fight that would manifest itself in these uh, uh, kind of like these knights with with uh, shadow armor or something on, and I had to like the dude that I was I was like moving that that counter materia <laughs> to different characters, whoever was getting attacked at the time, <laughs> or or running them over to to de- help defend the character that was getting pummeled. Uh, so it, it that was a struggle. That one was a struggle, but yeah, but Sephiroth himself was cakewalk, huh? So I don't mind. I don't. I not a cakewalk because if you if you didn't pay, if you weren't paying attention, he would he would uh, he would KO you. He would k- kill you real quick. It's just like as soon as he switched uh, uh, to a particular character that you were controlling to confront them, you had to switch to another character and rush in from rush behind him and just start wailing on him with like everything magic attacks 
um, familiars, summons, whatever you got at your disposal. You, this is what you, you just got to throw everything in the kitchen sink at him in order to get his attention focused on whoever's attacking him. Because if you didn't do enough to draw his attention, you will you would lose that character. Oh, wow. Unless unless you had the counter materia, which which I I only had on one character, so. But yeah, yeah so it, it it all depends. It, uh, I do I feel that um, do I do I prefer a, a final boss fight that's just uh, you know just makes you want to pull your hair out? It, it depends, you know. I know it's like the Devil May Cry series. I mean, some of those games. The bosses leading up to the end boss was harder than the end boss. And then on some of them, the end boss was the hardest one. So, you know, I, I just I just like to be able to have to use everything that I've learned throughout a game, throughout the my journey in a game. So when I get to that end boss, it's like, OK, yeah. I need to remember how I did this and I need to focus on this combo or I need to uh, remember what, you know, which what what element or what thing this boss is weak to from prior experiences, uh, you know, prior fights and just bring that knowledge to it's almost kind of like the final exam of uh, an in boss should be final exam exactly 100 percent. it should be tough but fair like yeah. if you've if you've you know properly leveled and you've taken the time to do what you need to do you should be able to 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 handle it and not be all like damn why why is this taking so hard and mm-hmm. like that's that's how i am yeah you know it should be the final exam did you are, are, did you learn what you needed to learn throughout the game was the game designed in such a way that the techniques that you learn can be easily applied to the end boss for strategic things, you know, because if, if you're dealing with like a multi-phase end boss, it's like, oh, yeah, I remember that that this particular style that he's using, he's he, I can counter with this. So, so when he switches up, it's like, OK, I know that I'm going to focus on uh, guard break attacks, you know, I, or, and then at the end, it's like, OK, so I got past that. So now I need to focus on uh, you know, my area of effect, you know, whatever or whatever the case may be. It, it's like it, like I said, it should be that. In that that in game final exam, you know, did you take your notes? <laughs> Were you paying attention uh, through everything else? And now you have to apply that knowledge you've learned throughout your journey. I think that's what a, a good boss fight you do. Mm-hmm. How about you, Joe? Um, as long as the boss fight builds on the prior mechanics, like Kev was saying, of the encounters you've had previously, um, I just hate when. Uh, game kind of jumps the shark a bit with some of its boss encounters i'm trying to uh, i remember far cry 4 being one that was just like the uh, end of the uh, shangri-la like uh, quest line where it was just like just crazy like this boss came out and was doing all sorts of techniques that i didn't encounter with a previous boss or anything uh, that i encountered in the game prior to that and i felt like that boss encounter was almost like jumping the shark kind of situation where it was just just went just all uh, out of left field so you know i'd rather 
like Kev was saying, like you were saying too, Des, is I wanted to build upon uh, some knowledge I have from fighting someone previous in a, a title on there and then kind of taking if there's additional patterns, there's additional patterns. If you want to make it more cinematic and uh, make it longer, as long as it's not like 45 minutes long or something where it starts becoming a slog, <laughs> that'll yeah. be Oof. another thing, you know. Um, I hate beat them up sometimes because of the fact of, you know, you're going to go through that last stage, which is all just the boss rush, basically. So it's like you're having to fight every major boss that you fought in each stage all in, all in a row, basically. So, but Sometimes those are kind of fun, but, but yeah. for the most part, yeah, they're a little bit of a slog. And you're just kind of like, wow, okay, didn't I kill you already? <laughs> yeah. I almost, you know, I appreciate games that kind of... Um, you know, make the final boss battle but then maybe you know maybe eke out the end so you kind of on a, like a glory ride you know on there i think the end of bro force is kind of funny because you're able to celebrate with all the characters all the the bros in the game and that kind of thing and so it kind of continued on for like another like three to four minutes just a lot of uh you know interpret you know as far as just explaining and just showing some story beads and celebrating the end of the game basically so uh, i kind of appreciate something like that like you know a glory ride kind of run so that's awesome um and so our last question uh comes from uh crucial chase and uh we actually had a little bit of back and forth on the uh, on our discord and um i'm gonna read that as well so question uh so crucial chase says What's your favorite application of licensed music? Mine is uh, Red Dead and Far Away from Jose Gonzalez during the trek to Mexico to Mexico sequence. Uh, uh, Will D responded, uh, Metal Gear Solid Five, Man Who Sold the World, uh, Call of Duty Black Ops, Symphony from the Devil, Rolling Stones. Oh, the Man Who Sold the World was from David Bowie, by the way, and. Um, I don't, know if, I don't know if that was the version that they used, but that song is released by David Bowie. Uh, Saints Row 3, Power by Kanye West. Low-hanging fruit never was. Uh, the movie Iron Eagle had two scenes from with outstanding songs that could have been perfect. Give Me Some Lovin', Spencer Davis Group, and Iron Eagle, King Cobra. Uh, so, uh, Joe, what were some of the things that you responded with? Um, I didn't respond in the thread, but uh, oh. pretty much uh, what kind of called to me a little bit for, uh, looking at this question. Burnout in all its iterations, Burnout 3, Burnout Paradise, you know, all the damn, rep, you know, hey, hey, you, you, I could be your girlfriend. You kinda, oh, all those. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All that licensed <laughs> music kind of resonated a bit, you know, and when I play Burnout, especially Burnout 3, Burnout um, Revenge, uh, Burnout Paradise, uh, you know, obviously it's great that they curated such a cool soundtrack. You know, you, of course, it started out with Paradise City from uh, Guns N' Roses on there. So, hey, so kinda, yeah, Crazy Taxi. Crazy Taxi was just like, I think, the epitome of licensed music uh, in a game you know, between The Offspring and Bad Religion and that whole like game bopped with, you know, at the beginning yeah 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 and all that so and then uh, jet set radio yeah um, radio there's some 
they have some great songs in there, some original songs, but you know, you got like uh, Super Brother in there uh, and uh, some other licensed music on there that just, just is, is like Chef's Kiss is great on there. Probably I could say Samba de Amigo as well, but uh, you know, you're getting the music games too, um, you know, pretty, pretty damn good, good stuff, you know. You know, even though I didn't play it too much, uh, rock band and guitar heroes always, you know, know the oh, yeah. as well, you know, so. Fantastic. And yep. another, um, I'll leave it at this, the last banger probably, I could say the first kind of remembrance of licensed music is uh, Road Rash for the 3DO, which, you know, used quite a bit of like, you know, at the time grunge, like Soundgarden and uh, so on and so forth. So that made that game kind of notable. And then Wipeout. The Wipeout series on PlayStation yeah. One, on there, yeah. um, kind of got oh, me into yeah. a little bit of techno where I wasn't into it previously. Between the Prodigy, uh, Future Sound of London, and all sorts of other, um, you know, techno music at the time, where you know it wasn't really super on my radar, but it kind of made it on my radar a bit during that time. So, all of that fantastic, especially the stuff with. Um, uh with wipeout wipeout was just a fantastic soundtrack um still still bops to this day if you ask me yeah uh and i know kev you responded and what was some of the stuff that you responded on uh on our show sorry so, on, our, on, on, um, on, on the on the discord yeah for me it was gta vice city and san andreas those yeah you know, like I said, as a child of the 80s and a young adult in the 90s, both those soundtracks hit like a freight train. It's like that's that's the music of my life, yeah, of my young life, right there in in the soundtracks of those two games. So, yeah, uh, for me, it has to be mostly all of the Tony Hawk Skater games. Like those, all the tracks on that were were really fantastic. Um, I, I think. Those and of course just anything from from um Grand Theft Auto was just or GTA was just like they 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 paid that money and and it made the game so much better to be riding around you know in those cars in 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 the cars listening to those radio stations like I think I mean, people thought of course it was it was a novelty which it was at the time but now like it just is fantastic and I really wish that that when the new um gta comes out like it, it it returns to that returns it to that former glory but but we'll have to see we'll definitely have to see so uh those are the questions that that were asked in our discord as always um you can join our discord and kev will let you know how at the end and you can actually join the conversation on our discord and answer these questions yourself we'd love to hear what you have to say and it's just that simple so so for our next episode, uh, episode 199, uh, that's a main event episode. And so the question for that main event is, what was or is your favorite handheld gaming console? Something simple, something sweet, uh, something easy leading up to our 200th episode. That is correct. Only one more episode before Super 200. Let's see what we're going to do for that one. Stay tuned, and I'm sure uh, one of us will let you know. But that is the end of... Uh, the gaming vessel, uh, the, the vessel line, and uh, you know what happens after the vessel line and the main event? Why, it's the Jabroni Gaming News.
All right. Thank you for that wonderful introduction there, sir. So Always. Always, yes. The Jabroni Gaming News has started. So first on the Jabroni line is going to be news about Diablo 4's open beta test. So if you happen to pre-order the game, and I did take a look to see if you could maybe do a fandom pre-order like on Amazon or Best Buy or someplace like that on the physical, no, you have to pre-order the actual digital version on your favorite storefront. So Xbox, PlayStation, um, also on Steam as well. But if you happen to already pre-order the game, you get early access to the open beta test from March 17th to March 19th. So you could be celebrating St. Patrick's Day with a little bit of bloodshed in Diablo 4 on there. But for all of the rest of us out there uh, that want to check it out, it is going to be available for everyone from March 24th to March 26th across all platforms. Uh, Diablo 4 is due uh, for PlayStation 5, Xbox Series consoles, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and I'm going to correct myself here, PC, it's going to be via Battle.net. It's not going to be on Steam, so so you got to go old school and rock on Activision's Battle.net for that. So, yeah, I'm um, sorry. Uh, yeah, you know, I think if you're a Diablo player and you especially play on, play on PC, you're probably used to playing on yeah. Battle.net anyway, so... But the open beta test will feature a quote-unquote significant look at the game. It will include both the prologue and the first act, so you're going to be able to play quite a bit. And all characters? Yeah, characters can level up to level 25, and all main and side quests in that area will be available. Wow, and it doesn't carry over, though. Uh, early access players progress in the beta will transfer between the two beta weekends, but no, it doesn't mention anything about carry over to the main game okay. so. so it's just the two beta weekends okay i mean yeah. I, I mean i can so me i, I can kind of understand that they want you to start over from the beginning yeah and who knows if they make some changes between now and then the release because the game yeah. is not going to be out until june the 6th so you know i'll have to see but uh yeah makes sense uh, I kind of can't wait to kind of jump into this. I'm not I'm not sure if I want to buy the game digitally, but at the same time, after Diablo 2 is only available on digital, that I might really think about just buying it digitally because of the fact that what's pressed on that disc is probably not going to be anything like I could say, you know, the final game code. This game's going to continue to evolve and be, basically be almost like a, a network game anyway, so... What's your opinion, Des? Do you, you still want to get that physical disc for $69.99? Or oh, I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know. I, I really have to see what's going on. I'm more interested in the... I personally am more interested in, in the beta and and uh, playing that. I don't know if I'm going to like go in and do the, you know, the super, the super duper, you know, get it super early. Like, I don't know if I have to do all that. Yeah. Um, but I know I am going to be... Um, I will be playing it. You know, to see what's up. So, how about you, uh, Kev? I mean, I know we've played Diablo before, but I know it's always the thing where you put it on and like put you to sleep because of the rep- repetition of the combat, right? Yeah. Um, I'm, I, you know, I probably won't be getting this game. I thought about it, but it's, it's like, have I really did I I mean if the, if I was going to get into this series it would have been at three 
Yeah. With all the ago. content. Yeah, it would have been like all the content that came out for the third game. And not, I, I played it a little bit, and it, the gameplay loop never really grabbed me. So I'll, I'm probably going to pass on this. Got it. I'll blame you. It's understandable, yeah. And uh, the differences between the standard deluxe and the ultimate basically is that uh, the deluxe is $89.99 on your favorite uh, storefront of choice on here, but you get like extra mounts and mount armor and the season battle pass unlock on here. And if you get the ultimate edition, you could get the battle pass unlock and then you are able to skip 20 tiers <laughs> as well so and some more emotes and that kind of thing so yeah i invited all that <laughs> yeah i i think we're not that fervent about yeah. it here mm-hmm. so i think it's 69.99 or bust probably buy a physical so i can get some sort of a um, you know ten dollar dis- just 10 percent discount from best buy or whatever codes we could find that kind of thing so We'll talk about more uh, coming up next month on here. So, and also coming up in March, um, favorite of our listener, Crucial Chase, uh, the game Valheim is going to be launching in game preview on Xbox Series and Xbox One on March 14th. So this basically means that is this going to be the uh, game preview? It's not going to be the full version of the game, but it's going to be the open beta, you know, the uh, uh, version that's currently available on Steam on here. It's going to be early access on both Microsoft game platforms. It's also going to be available on PC Game Pass as well on here. And uh, I'm not sure if this is going to be something because I know all three of us are lapsed as far as our Game Pass subscription currently. And, um, you know, I kind of told Chase on the Discord, uh, you know, I'll check to see if this is going to update the uh, Steam version of the game further. But uh, what's your guys' opinion of Valheim? Is that something where you think you're going to maybe renew your Game Pass subscription and this is not going to be the um, the game that finally pushes you over to resubscribe um well i have to ask that question to you joe is this going to make you resubscribe not currently well then i'm not resubscribing then am i (laughs) (laughs) but are you going to persuade me to resubscribe is something where i'll always try to persuade you but you know (laughs) oh you know sir you could probably (laughs) subscribe and then i could ride your coattails versus vice versa how about that nah the thing about it is, I think that you would you would enjoy it a lot more than I would. So I, I think it's or Games Pass. This Game Pass in general, you know. So. Now, how about you, Kev? I know Valheim was probably Valheim. It was uh, kind of a miss when we no, played it, that it, night. Yeah, that, that that type of game is definitely not in my wheelhouse. Uh, if I do resubscribe to Game Pass, it won't be for this game or any game like it. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's, that's not going to sway me. Well, what, what game on the upcoming, uh, roadmap for Xbox game pass would make you resubscribe. It's not going to be Redfall, I don't think, right? It's not going to be Redfall. I guess, I, I guess it could have been hi-fi rush, but I, I just buy that. I, yeah. I, I'm not, I'm just going to buy it too. Yeah. I, I have. So, yeah, it's like, why I, I I'm not going because every time I look at that 
catalog, I just see a bunch of games that I've already played or don't care about playing. Yeah. And until they, I'm, I'm, I'm not even really all that enthused about uh, Starfield because I've never been that big of a Bethesda Bethesda fan outside of Far, uh, not Far Cry, but uh, Fallout. 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 <clears throat> so. I don't know. They just need to show. They, I'm more interested in them making good games that I'd be willing to buy than I am show me something to make me subscribe to your service. Let me put it that way. Uh, for me, probably if uh, for both of us, Des, <laughs> once the um, Dark Tide comes out, you know, I mean, uh, we could either, you know, basically split down the middle and, and share dark tide or we could probably get back on games pass but we have to carve out some time to play it if we do go for it i think so that'd probably be the uh game once it's the xbox series version is out would you say i mean i would agree yeah yeah so we'll have to see them from there and hopefully dark tide does come out soon right now it's kind of you know still up in the air as far as when the series version of that game is going to come out i know they're working on it we talked about in the previous uh, episode about the kind of trials and tribulations with that bad boy but uh we'll have to kind of take it from there and go from there if i buy it for on steam would that be something you'd be interested in playing or you want to play console for dark tag Diz? um i prefer console but i need to start paying my i need to start playing uh my um my my what's my yeah my my, my, PC? my steam's a little more as a sit here collecting dust and there's no reason why it needs to be got it so we'll see we'll see all right next story is a game that kev loves quite a bit but it is getting a re-release on playstation 5 and xbox series consoles on march the 1st and that is going to be the side-scrolling beat-em-up fight and rage on there so fight and rage is coming out it is going to be a free upgrade for prior owners of the game both on playstation and on xbox on here, the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series versions will be able to run at 120 frames per second on here, and it will support up to three players in local co-op play. I think this game never supported online play, so I know when we played it, I believe we played uh, over uh, SharePlay mm-hmm. on that. I own it on Steam, but I haven't bought it for a console yet but uh, this is kind of might put me over the edge because you know from when when i played it on the steam deck it is some good good beat-em-up action that's good stuff Fat yeah it's rage. really good so. rage. <laughs> are you excited for this <laughs> are you gonna maybe replay the game kev um, I'll definitely, de- I mean, it's still downloaded to my console, so I still have a couple of endings to unlock. Um, I, well, actually I have more than a couple cause I, it's like, I've gone through that whole freaking game. I can't imagine where, where my path should have changed from, from what it did. I think it has to do with what characters you end with and what character, it, there's a lot of variables in, in involved in yeah. trying to open up all the endings, but yeah, um, it is a great beat 'em up. I'm glad it's free. 
<laughs> because I would not pay for upgrade for to for for the PS5 for this game at all because the graphic style does not need you know I, I I'm just looking at the still I can't tell the difference between the PS4 and the PS5 version so I'm glad it's free uh, it's cool that they're supporting it so hopefully this is a sign that we'll get a sequel yeah at some point you know especially with your OLED you know with you, know, you should be able to support this 120 frames I'm kind of curious what your impression is once uh, you do get a chance to check this out you definitely have to let us know and mm-hmm. see this kind of makes the difference so all right, and other news this week, uh, PlayStation Plus, uh, the game catalog for both the Extra and Premium has been announced, and so it's scheduled to drop on February 21st, which is in a couple of days. So uh, if you are a PlayStation Plus Extra or Premium member, you will get Horizon Forbidden West added onto the service, the Quarry, uh, Resident Evil 7 Biohazard, uh, our, one of our previous favorite games outriders so <laughs> i don't know about uh, going back to all yeah. that business it's so. still it's still one of my favorite games yeah. <clears throat> it's just it's just i just have no like there's other good stuff to play it play now so it's yeah, like for it, sure. I, I definitely had my fun in the sun with it and i loved it so yeah, just, yeah. too bad about world slayer man but oh well yeah so. Uh, Scarlet Nexus is also going to be available for extra members. Borderlands 3, uh, Tekken 7, Ace Combat 7, Earth Defense Force 5. So we definitely uh, let John BT know because he has been curious about this game. And I might use this as an impetus to get back into into playing some EDF because EDF on the PS5 is some good EDF. I could tell you that right now. So good eating, good eating. Yes. And, you know, to me, if I could play anything other than a normal Ranger, you know, uh, or soldier, I should say, I don't really play the Ranger. I never really played a lot of the other character classes that might give me impetus to maybe go through this game one more time one more time so mm-hmm. also too uh, all of three of square enix's like kind of small rpgs that brought out last generation are all, all hitting at once so anaki lost sphere and also i am at setsuna are both all hitting at once on here so that's from Tokyo RPG Factory that developed those games. And uh, both me and Dez, I mean, I, I picked up all three of those games. I dabbled mm-hmm. with I Am Setsuna a little bit. And I think those are good good adds to the service. So Fantastic. If you have not played them, you should. Yeah. At least give uh, them a try. Yeah. And then last but not least, uh, another game that they're adding for extra members is The Forgotten City. So if you hadn't had a chance to check this out, this is a game that kind of spawned off of a Skyrim mod on here. And uh, it's a kind of a, um action-adventure game on there. So you basically explore an open-world ancient Roman city on there. But viol- combat is an option, but violence is not the only way uh, to get around in the game. So... And then uh, for premium members, you know, the, the, the kind of the, I hate to say the premium for PlayStation Plus is kind of, sh- it should be turned around. The premium should be all the games we mentioned right now on here. So uh, the premium tier has 
um, classic games as part of the mix. And so they are kind of adding some games, at least on the classic side, that people have been kind of clamoring for. So the Legend of Dragoon is hitting uh, PS1 Classic on here. So they are going to bump this up with some up rendering, rewind, quick save, and custom video filters for that title. Wild Arms 2 is going to hit also as well another PS1 game. Also available with all that same up rendering, rewind, quick save, so on and so forth on there uh harvest moon back to nature this is one of the uh, playstation one versions of uh, harvest moon on here so they did mention the fact that that has been converted to ps4 and ps5 consoles and have some newly added features there may be times where the title plays differently from the ps1 version or some features may cause the title not to function properly so so we'll have to see uh, what happens with all that i'm not going to be playing it so and then Last but not least, they are also adding Destroy All Humans, which is going to be the PS4 remake of the PS2 Classic, so not the actual PS2 Classic, because they're both on the store for some reason. So, And I know the, the, the first Destroy All Humans had a quite a bit of an upgrade on PS5 on there. So so um, if you happen to jump in that, you know that is a good add to the service as well on here. So... All in all, you know, Eaton's good for the people out there that want subscription-based game catalogs to access, I think. You know, Horizon Forbidden West is definitely a great ad. I think everything else is kind of just all gravy. This is the, uh, you know, hometown buffet of PSN, basically. So you go out and get a portion of EDF, get a little side of Anaki, and kind of rock and roll from there. So Yummy. Any thoughts on anything of the offerings, gentlemen? Uh, this is, sounds good. You know, we're eating good in the neighborhood, right? Got it. Yeah, it's pretty solid. Yeah, and then also, too, um, like we mentioned last episode with Midnight Suns getting a game trial, um, God of War Ragnarok is getting a three-hour game trial added for PlayStation Plus premium members as well. So that is... Going to let you get into the game a little bit, uh, first three hours on there. So just in case if you, you know, I know John BT wound up buying the game recently. So, you know, it's kind of cool that uh, they're putting these games up, you know, maybe enticing you to actually buy them digitally and make more money on the PSNs versus buying them physical and whatnot. So I know um, all that. I know PlayStation probably prefers you buy directly from them because there's more profit involved on there. That's why, of like, PSVR 2 is still exclusive to uh, PlayStation Store right now. So, so we'll have to see when, once that is released for everything else. But, you know, possibly we'll have PSVR 2 impressions next episode, too, as well. So. Yeah. All right, and then last but not least, I have one last news story to kind of put a wrinkle into things. So as as we have talked about previously on this show, this whole lot of business about Microsoft buying uh, Activision right now, and it's basically been some serious business going back and forth, and we have not covered every blow, everything that's reported, but right now, uh, they'd be tracking Elon Musk's uh, jet, and now tra- some fans out there are tracking the progress of 
Sony Executive Jets on here. So fans hoping to track the progress of Microsoft's beleaguered Activision Blizzard deal are now monitoring flights made by Sony Executives. <laughs> so flights made by a private jet owned by Sony had been used to back up a suggestion of a meeting between Sony Executives and Microsoft in early February. So publicly available flight information shows a Sony jet flying from London to Seattle, where Microsoft was headquartered around a month ago for the first such visit in over 18 months before traveling on to LA. So, uh, you know, getting that conspiracy theory and your aluminum foil Reynolds wrap ready. <sighs> they so, reach, they reach. Online fan aficionados have confirmed the private jet used by one registered to Sony and operated by the company that transports its executives around the world, which is tracking progress of the Microsoft deal. There's no confirmation of what Sony was doing in Seattle at the time. <laughs> uh, God forbid they might be visiting Bungie, who happened to be based in Seattle as well, but who the hell knows? <laughs> so. But, yeah, uh, you know, people have been commenting on, on Twitter, you know, tracking those planes on there. Of course, you know, this this particular tweet says, hard evidence Sony executives flew from London to Seattle. <laughs> hard <laughs> presumably, evidence. So presumably to negotiate the Call of Duty license with Microsoft. Hard evidence. Hashtags. Hard evidence, yes. Yes, you give me that hard, that hard-edged journalism right there, guys. I, I found that. Eurogamer is giving everyone a service reporting this because this is just some tweet by some guy tracking flights from around the world over here. But (laughs) this is why gaming journalism is a joke. Can can we can 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 we agree on that in 2023? Gaming journalism is a joke. No, this is. I I mean, I mean, he's just reporting what he's seeing on Twitter, and I think he's doing doing everyone a service. Gaming news. No, but at the same time, the per- the person that tweeted this out was some sort of air flight aficionado. So, but why? Then why is he labeling is it? You know, presumably to negotiate call of. You don't know. Nobody slipped. Nobody slipped him any documents. Nobody yeah. slipped him any Zoom. Any recordings from a Zoom call. This is gaming silly. journalism is a joke. In 2020, it's been a joke for a while, but this is just this is just hard evidence that uh, the, journalism is a freaking no, no. I'm not buying this. Pre- he says presumably to negotiate. No, so Eurogamer is reporting on this tweet. This tweet is from this guy named Foss Patton. So why is Eurogamer t- tweeting on it? Like exactly. Slow, slow news day. Slow news day. It's like come on. exactly. Uh, I, I think they're like kind of poking holes about the whole thing. I uh, hope so. Because right now, yeah. Like, uh. the, the guy that post posted this has been uh, see this guy Foss Patents that that tweeted this. He worked previously for Activision, and he's basically been trolling and following this and giving his viewpoint very skewed in the Microsoft Activision side of the fence, much so that I've seen this guy referenced in numerous news articles and whatnot. He has this blog that he has posted up on here saying, and this is quote-unquote, this is from his blog, it says, um, that I comment on intellectual property and competition issues facing the technology 
industry. Clients currently include in some competition context that may affect my own interest as an app maker. Microsoft, which I am disclosing at their request, has already did so in 2011. I also wish to acknowledge that I, am a, I was a consultant to Blizzard for several unforgettable years. So. <laughs> well, good for them. This is silly. Yeah, this it's is the guy that's silly. silly. Not gaming news. It's silly. He, 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 you know, the, the, and the fact, and the fact that, that these gaming channels are reporting on this and making it an issue is proof that it's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. Mm -hmm. This is why I don't pay attention to none of them. All I, all I care about is uh, if you can tell me when the next release date of the next game I'm interested in buying is coming out, that's all I need you for. That's all I need you for for Eurogamer. That's all I need you for for IGN. That's all I need you for for Games GameSpot. That's all I need you guys for is to tell me when the games I'm interested in are coming out. Other than that, these little the this is just classic example of why nobody takes gaming journalism seriously at all. Mm. That is well, the news for this episode. So hope you enjoyed your jabroni news this week. Those were some, some Joe Jabroni fools in that <laughs> last article. That's why I mentioned it. I'm, I'm sorry, but it's like, come on, y'all. Really? So, stuck that show enough rage. All right. All right, folks. Game nights take place every Thursday, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We hop on to Discord. We yuck it up and we play whatever game our listeners want to play. So if there's something you're interested in playing with us, if we don't have the game, we can get a hold of it. Jump onto our Discord. And so how do you do that? Well, you hit us up on Twitter at Gaming Vessel, G A M I N G V E S S E L S. Go to our Twitter page, hit the hit our Discord link there, and that will take you directly to our discord server there is no waiting period no we're not asking for blood samples or uh your firstborn to be owed to us all we're asking is that you be a decent human being that likes talking about video games uh with like-minded folks and by like-minded i mean people that just enjoy discussing it without the hostile mean-spiritedness that typically takes place on much larger social media platforms so like talking about games, but we do without nonsense. And you dig what we're doing here on this podcast. You're in for a good time by checking uh, by hitting us up on our Discord server. So we definitely invite you to do that. As always, it's a, it's special our vessel participate in our vessel lines or participate in our questions of the week. Big ups to Will D and Crucial Chase. You guys are are steady stalwarts in our community, and we appreciate you. There's a lot of things you could be doing, a lot of other places you could be spending your time, but we appreciate you carving out a little bit of your busy schedules to interact with us, be it on uh, Discord, be it on Game Nice, be it on Twitter. So just wanted to let you know that you are appreciated because like I always say, without our listeners and those participating, we're just three old dudes yapping into the internet ether. So with that said, we're going to bring episode 198 to a close. 
for Dez, aka the Bay Area Terror, aka the High Res Hater, aka the Cat Daddy, aka that Gamer Step Daddy, and for Trader Joe, aka Jabroni Chief. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise known as a food max of gaming who can maximize your gaming dollar. I am Shonuff71, aka Digadulamite. That purple bling bling again and again, y'all. Indeed. And Nina, of course, we will be back next time, episode 199 for your ears. Peace.